And welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And in this episode, I am joined by Bo Maxwell. Uh, Bo is a founder of the award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method, which we're going to talk about. She is an author of a best-selling book called Cracking Open, Adventures of Reluctant Medium. She's the creator of an online community, The Sage Circle. She's a medium and a spiritual coach who's been helping people connect to their authentic, natural, intuitive abilities for over 15 years. On top of all of that, she's also a mother, a wife, an RV owner (laughs) and not so hesitant traveler. Is that right, Bo? Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Thank you for having me. You're originally from Texas, I think, but you're living in Minnesota at the moment or traveling in Minnesota at the moment. Is that right? Close. I'm originally from, uh, well, I'm originally from Oregon and then we RV, full-time RV'd, got a mailbox in Texas and I'm currently in the Minnesota area. (laughs) Wow. And what's the weather like there? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's um, the humidity in the Midwest is a bit of a kicker, but I grew up with it. So you adjust to it pretty quickly. But it's hot. It's hot. See, we don't get enough heat in Ireland to acclimatize to anything. (laughs) It's raining here for about nine months of the year. So (laughs) heat is a foreign object to us. So I was really interested uh, when I saw your website, Bo, because you have a university degree in maths and chemistry, and here you are working in the holistic realm. Please tell us how that came to be. Isn't that isn't that odd? Well, I will yes. tell you this. All the way up until the age of 31, I was a skeptic, complete skeptic. Didn't believe in any of it raised to believe that psychics were frauds, all of that. Now, I wasn't actively against it. It was just not, you know, part of my world. Religion wasn't part of my world, none of it. And I was 30, in my early 30s, 32, my grandmother passed away. And within an hour, she showed up in my living room in spirit form, scared, uh, This just terrified me just for a second. It was... I was taken aback. I was alone. She was transparent, but I would say about 70% solid. So enough that it wasn't, it wasn't a catch it out of the corner of your eye moment. It was that, you know, spunky little five foot tall grandmother standing in front of me, smiling, winking, kind of laughing at me and then disappeared. And, uh, it, it, it was, that was it. That was the beginning of all of it out of grief. I think I wanted to believe and it took me months to really get enough proof that this mathematical scientific type person could get on board. And she did a great job. She provided me with ridiculous amounts of proof. And I said, okay, well then this is real. I have my grandmother next to my side for the rest of my life. We, this is so much fun. And then next thing I know, other people started showing up and I went, okay, wait a minute. I didn't 
I didn't sign up for this. This isn't, I just want my grandma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, isn't it and like I started, yeah. that Whoopi Goldberg moment, you know, from um, Ghost, where once she connects with him, everybody starts to come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it that way. The first time I saw more uh, individuals in spirit form was in a grocery store just on a random day. Wow. And I ran out of the grocery store. So if you've ever seen... A person just like oddly running out of your average store. Yes. That was me. I literally ran out of the store because I was so frightened. Got into my car and my grandmother was sitting in the passenger seat in spirit form. And she said, well, what did you expect? And I was like, oh, okay. All right. And Thanks, she's man. like, now, you know, it's time to start helping some people. And I'm like, well, if I have to help people, then I have to tell people what's going on with me. And I have an issue with that because I, I don't want to tell people this because everyone I know doesn't believe in any of it. So <laughs> it was um, it was an in interesting transformation for the first couple of years. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. And how did you go from there to actually reading for people? Because you've been, you know, working with people now for about maybe 15, 17 years. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know when your when your grandmother passed, but, you know, it kind of all happened really quickly, didn't it? It kind of took over. It, it did. She passed in 2005. Okay. Uh, right around 2006 was when I started to see more people in spirit form. Then I then the next step was to get courage to tell people. And I remember I ran into a friend of mine and she was with another one of her friends who I didn't know. We get introduced. It was mm -hmm. just a friendly hello. And then next to her, a gentleman showed up in spirit form and he was like five foot two. And I just said and I had mentioned to my friend that I was having these weird experiences. And so I just looked at my friend right in front of the other woman and said, I'm having one of those experiences. And and she, my friend, so we're still friends to this day, because it doesn't matter that we live completely different lives. We love each other unconditionally. She's an amazing person. And she supported me in that moment and said, okay, what are you seeing? And I described it. And it turned out it was this, it was this other woman's father who had recently passed and he was five foot two. And so I feel like they did a they did a really good job at showing me what was possible and then stepping me into helping people. So I started meeting um, a ditch player. I met a Tai Chi instructor. I was just trying to find people that maybe could understand me. And it was the ditch player that said, you need to start doing readings for people. And he gave me a bunch of friends to to practice with. And mm -hmm. then word started to spread. And here I am. And you're obviously an empath because, you know, everybody can connect with spirit, in my opinion. But I think that not everybody has that empathy to be able to relay messages for other people. And I think that's if you want to call it the X factor, you know, because I'm sure you'll agree with me that one of the first things you need to do as a reader is to gauge who you're reading for, because you can't tell somebody more than they're going to be able to emotionally handle you know, and, you know, so the whole psychic or empath part of it is just as important. And how did you deal with that? It's the you're so right, the, the compassion that you have to have and um, not caution, but the ability to take a moment to say, OK, how can I deliver this? 
-hmm. in the most uh, loving way for this person and help them process through this. And sometimes that means not showing somebody what you can do, but instead having that conversation with the person so they kind of come with you you know, through the messages so you can confirm along the way for them instead of, you know, dropping that. I've run into a lot of readers and the ones who are good, good readers are the ones that have that empathy and have that compassion. And I've always had that. I, I, I've just always been a softy that way, I guess. And I've always worried about everyone else's feelings. Yeah. It's very familiar in our industry, isn't it? A hundred (laughs) percent. And it's so important to let that flow, you know, and people, you know, I might ask somebody a question about the weather or whatever. And I don't, it's not that I don't care what they think about the weather, but you're trying to get um, a read of their energy. Where are they emotionally? What's going on here? You know, and that's so important. And I love, you know, that you can, I mean, you connect it with that so so quickly so Mm -hmm. I suppose let's move on to kind of where you are today because it's one thing to do it and it's another thing to help other people to do it it sounds like it's something magical doesn't it or special but it's one thing to be able to read people it's surely another thing to teach people so where did you get this idea of does sage stand for something or just from the herb sage or yeah absolutely when I started to open up I saw my grandmother, I saw a few other people, and then I met my first guide guide. Now I know my grandmother was my guide, but I met my first like teaching guide and I lovingly called him Big Dog. And (laughs) he spent, yeah, because it was was great. When he showed up, he was just bigger than life. And I asked him his name and I didn't get an answer. Come to find out that, you know, he's had so many lifetimes with me, he was kind of thinking which name do you want um and so i said well you're just bigger than life i'm just gonna call you big dog and he was like that works i was like okay so i called him big dog he he i would go and sit with him a couple times a week for well over a year and i learned how intuition works how we're connected how past lives are non-linear like all of that uh, information and he also walked me through the steps to open up my intuition and it involved a lot more than just practicing with cards or practicing with stones It involved doing the inner work, as you know. Mm-hmm. And when I opened up, I started to do readings. I was like, this is great. And that's when Big Dog said to me, take everything I taught you and put it together and walk other people through it. So that was the Sage Method. And I remember saying, this is great. What do I call it? <laughs> he said, I don't care what you call it. Just, <laughs> just have people do it. it. <laughs> just have people do the same thing you did. And I went, oh, okay. And I'm pretty much that down to earth person that you, you'd never know that, you know, as a professional intuitive or anything like that, I show up in blue jeans and a sweatshirt. And my thing with people is if I can do it, if, if an adult set in her ways, stubborn Taurus, mathematical, scientific non-believer can open up and then uh, access levels of intuition to the levels that I can, mm-hmm. so can you. You know, yeah. we all can. And, it's a ma- and that's where the SAGE method was born. It's spirituality, alignment, growth, and empowerment. Big dog. I just want to go back to explain to the listeners because that made me laugh because and I will put in the description box attached to this podcast a link 
to Bo's website because she has um, a question answered under her FAQ section about how the energy of spirit guides is much bigger than the energy of your loved ones. And I was listening to that. And so the fact that you called this guide Big Dog, it really didn't surprise me. So she has so much great information on her website, guys. Please do go check it out. Um, I was loving listening to those videos. Um, so the sage method. Well, first of all, you've got the sage method and the sage circle. Okay, we'll talk about the circle in a minute. So who should go to your website and look up about the sage method? Who is this right for? Everyone is is so unique, aren't they? Which mm -hmm. is just absolutely wonderful. And I am struck over the years by the similarities of the people that are drawn to the sage method. So I really do think it is for uh, individuals that want to understand how something works, like that helps them to do mm -hmm. something better. That's a really big part of it because there's a lot of explanation in the course on how things are working and flowing through you. Sure. Also, you get a lot of people that are very um, in tune with their uniqueness you know, they don't want to do it like anyone else. They want to figure out how it works for them. Yes. That's a pretty significant piece. And then lastly, I would say we have some powerhouse women in there who are, you know, middle to midlife and on that are like, oh, no, this is my time. I'm living my life now. And that's that's kind of the vibe of, of the people that are taking the sage method. It's like I'm ready to live all of me now. Yes. And and live in my my spirit force. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a beautiful thing. Now you mentioned it's my time. women. We, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, my time. And you know, before we uh, came on air, but when I was just having a conversation because our sons are similar ages, so we were talking about having them fly the nest and having more time to ourselves. So this fits in perfectly, doesn't it? Um, it does. Yeah, amazingly. So I do want to say as well, and and you know, ask you, do you feel the same way as this? Because, you know, I teach also teach mediumship. And I always say to people, we can only teach you maybe a best practice or something that worked for us. But it's like a starting point. Do you agree with that method, that idea? You know, it's like when you're learning to drive. Okay, obviously, we should all drive in a particular way. But we do get our own little habits, <laughs> the way that's comfortable for us and all this kind of stuff. And it's the same when, you know, when you're teaching a particular method of connection, people will start with that. Well, this is the way I teach anyway. And I say, you know, start with this and tweak it to you and your guides. Do you agree with that? I am 100% on board with you. Yeah. That is, I'm passionate about that. I actually probably talk about it a little bit too much sometimes because when I was brand new, I, I went to mediumship classes and psychic classes and they sat down and they said, well, what do you see? And it's like, okay, I'm here to figure out how to see, like here, I'm here to figure out how to get, and they'd be like, oh, just lay out some cards and look at the cards. What do you see? And I'm like, okay, you need to help me understand how this works. But then again, I also did a few courses that, you know, falls right into line with what we're talking about here, where they said, okay, as a medium, first you have to get the um, gender, then you have to get the job, then you have to get the age of the person coming through. And it was like they had put it into this nifty little like Checklist. letter system. Mm -hmm. And I that went 
kind of, it didn't work for me because it went against the flow. What works for me as a medium is to let them come in and just say, what's on your mind? Yeah. And then, then it's more accuracy instead of me trying to force them to talk about something else. And they're over here, like worried about uncle John, you know what I mean? Like uncle Joe. And <laughs> so it's like, okay, thanks for coming through to talk about Joe. But first we need to fill in these letters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. it for me. and I like to, I tell the people the exact same thing that you tell them. Yeah. Here's the outline. Yes. Okay. Here's the foundation. Try it seven different ways. Which one worked? Ooh, now go with that. Now let's get it creative. And how does it look this way? I have students that, I have one student, and this is my one of my favorite examples. She's a medium and she can tell you an experience you had. She can describe the room, the people, things said, everything that happened to a T. It is stunning how many details she can get, but she can only do that if she pictures it in a little shoebox diorama in front of her. Really? That's how it works for her. But that's fine. And it that's fine. Yeah. That when we discovered that for her, it was just and it just it it lifted the lid off of everything and it was it so exciting. And yeah. You know, you don't you don't see shoebox diorama mediumship courses. No, <laughs> you definitely don't. And I say to people, you know, it's a conversation, not an interview. You're not going to sit down and with this checklist of questions that you have to ask. You know, you wouldn't do that with your loved ones. <laughs> You know, yes. and, you know, I, I use it as an excuse, too, because I'm so bad with names and I'm talking about living people, people I went to school with and I could meet them on the street. I won't know their names. So because I don't <laughs> use names in real life, I don't always get them in my readings, you know, so how you are in life. It's the same way that you you communicate with spirit. So I love I love that method. I, I love that. that you. Yes. And your that. personality is it comes through as well yeah. for people that for people that tackle like the big task first and then do the little tasks yeah. those are the people that are going to get all the information in the beginning yeah. for the people in their life that tackle little tasks first and then leave the big task for last they're the ones that need to linger a little bit yeah. into in their intuitive moment in order to get more accurate information so it, it really connects to your personality i love it so this is all on your website. So people can sign up and the, the classes on your website, are they live classes? Are they work through classes? Do people work through them at their own pace? They're work through classes with the exception of the Sage Method, which is the big course. Sure. That is held a couple times a year. And while you watch the instructional videos on your own, we have the live forum and the live Q&As and things like that each week yeah. to make sure that, that people are supported through it because it's a seven week course and it's a pretty intensive. But uh, so that one has the support that goes with it. But the other ones are are self-guided. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the self-guided, you know, they work for people, especially if you work in odd hours and, you know, stuff like that. So can you tell us about the Sage Circle then? Is that different? Okay, the Sage Circle is so close to my heart. I, I got to tell you, it is one of my favorite things that I've ever created. When I opened up, I had absolutely no one to talk to about this. My husband at the time was uh, kind of okay with it. Not really like if you talk about anything too scary, we got to stop. Um, you know, and, and I had no friends in the, in the 
spiritual realms or anything like this. And I had all these experiences happening that I could not understand. And I told myself one day, I'm going to have a community where people who are in my situation can go there, talk to others, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the Sage Circle. It's a membership. It's so fun because it's grown so much. It's now global. We have people in Switzerland, Australia, New Zealand, you know, the United States, Canada. And it's, it's so, it's just so wonderful. It's wonderful to see someone who lives in the middle of Ohio and no one around them is on board with, with any of this. And they would be punished or hated for even speaking it. And they get to go online and hang out with other people that love them and care about them and encourage them. And yeah, it's, um, it's kind of close to my heart. So it's, it's a safe place for spiritual seekers. I really wish there had been something like that for me when I was growing up. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I'm from a really religious town, you know. I mean, Ireland would be considered uh, religious anyway, but the priests, Catholic priests used to be trained, you know, in the town where I grew up. And, you know, even though my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother, all the ladies are readers in my family, but you didn't talk about it. It was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. gone over to the house on Wednesday night, you know, kind of a thing. You'd be, you'd be whispering to people. So, um, oh, the online world has really opened that up for us hasn't it it has it has and i can relate to you in that well none of so my mother wasn't into any of this um turns out my grandmother was my cousin and my aunt but they were instructed by my mom to keep that completely away from me (laughs) and i didn't realize that until after you know, my grandmother passed and all this stuff started happening. I remember walking up to my cousin going, this is going to sound so strange, but I think I sense grandmother. And my cousin, she's such a hoot. She looks at me and she goes, oh, okay, you're an adult at this point. So yes. yes. Okay. We all do. Let's just, you know, and I remember thinking, oh, so my mom really kept me sheltered. And my household was very consumed with what do people think about you? And that was a huge obstacle for me to overcome. I'm glad I did at this Mm. point. I could care less. But uh, because of that, anything that was woo-woo was off limits. Yeah. And, you know, if you put all the spiritual stuff to one side, when you reach that point of your life where you think, I don't care what other people think, it's so liberating, isn't it? I thought it would never come for me, but it did. And I just felt free all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, there's still it's... days where we all kind of think it and then we think, well, what difference does it make to you? You know, that's that's the most freeing thing. And I suppose, and what you've done by creating this online community, it's given people that space where they don't have to worry what these people think. You know, yep. they can still be, you know, that uptight person, you know, to their neighbors, but they can come in and go into their back bedroom and get online and talk about all the dead people that they saw during the day. That just sounds amazing. Yeah, the dead people and even the odd situations, you know, when someone says, okay, I just saw in my backyard a 10 foot tall beetle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then somebody else can jump on and go, okay, here's the meaning of beetle. How might that be connected to your life? Which is a response that we all just wish somebody would just accept us for who we are and what's really happening. And we can just be honest and then 
boom, they're there and they're supporting us. Cause you can't turn to, I can't turn to my mother and say, I just saw a 10 foot beetle. I'd be in a psychiatrist office. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Well, I suppose I was lucky in that. Yeah. My mother, you know, she believed in it all, you know, it came down through the family. So when I talked about it, when I was young, it was just all acceptable, you know, but you just knew even as a child, you just didn't see it outside, you know, you just kind of got it. Um, but yeah, oh, the online community is so now is one connected to the other? Do you have to be, you know, doing the course to have access to the community or vice versa? No, they're not connected uh, together. Okay. And we have every walk of life, uh, every religion, every avenue in the, the circle. It's not it, one really important piece of the sage circle is that there is not one way to follow your path. So we don't have anyone in there saying this is the way uh, that's that's not it's not allowed. No, it's not. Well, well, it doesn't work you know? because, you know, um, one way for the other and again you know when you were talking about your example of, of the 10 foot beetle there i was thinking okay well again you've kind of got um a thing there where someone say well this is what it means for me or has meant in this situation but it's just it, it's kind of giving somebody a kick you know a jump start to say well what could it mean to you you know and that's so important you know it really is yeah it really is exactly i tell i tell everybody in the circle we are all climbing the mountain mm -hmm. and we're all going to get to the top of it. It's already preset. It's already predetermined. And if a person stops on their path to turn and yell at someone else on their path, that their path is wrong, it's a lose lose for everyone. First off, you're, you're annoying me on my path. Like I'm trying to enjoy the beauty, right? <laughs> okay. But second off the person that's yelling also is missing the beauty on their path as well, yeah. you know, and missing the depth that they could experience and to witness people all over the globe supporting each other in different traditions. Yes. I mean, this is a dream come true for me. Yeah. Oh, and I love it. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I just want to ask you because you have been doing this for, you know, 15 years is a long time. You know, have you found that people are more open to the spiritual world talking about the afterlife? Because I know that, you know, your experience was that maybe you weren't, you were very skeptical and it took something huge like your grandmother's passing for you to realize, you know, that this is part of, of you know, life, if you like. Um, are people more open to it now than they were 15 years ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of that has to do, at least I can only speak of the culture here in America because it's where I'm from and I don't travel enough to be able to, to speak about other cultures around this. But here, mm -hmm. 15 years ago, I probably two out of three times when I would tell someone I'm a medium, I would have to explain what the word medium meant because they didn't know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden television shows came out left and right, uh, ghost hunting shows, medium, uh, ghost whisper. And then all of a sudden, when you say you're a medium, you know, now some people would react as if like, don't touch, like, what if you touch me? I might, I don't know, turn into that. It's like, this, <laughs> you know, it, it turned into this like magical thing. And 
Um, my favorite though, I will say, so yes, uh, 15 years ago, very few people understood what I meant when I said I was a medium today. I can tell, I tell anybody I'm a medium and they're like, oh, I know what that is. But the thing that was the most fun for me, especially as a skeptic was how many people would say, oh, I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. And then instantly follow it with, but there was this one time. You know, and it, every skeptic has this one time, yeah. and it's a great moment that we can just share together. And you know, it is. It, it's kind of. And I don't know. My experience uh, would be pretty much the same, but the the this one time always seems to be. But then I lost this person, and I started to mm -hmm. think more about it, and I saw signs around me that you know this was just out of the ordinary and you're thinking you know people only think about these things when it comes to their doorstep and that's okay yep. you know nobody's going to say to you well you didn't believe us last year you know that's not what it's about <laughs> it's about you know helping <laughs> others spreading the word that there is more to life than just this physical mm -hmm. life and that's the main thing so I absolutely love everything that you're doing, Bo. I really do. And I would encourage everybody that's listening to go and check out the website because there is a lot of free resources on there, a lot of information um, that you can access without joining up or signing up to anything. And that's so important. Absolutely. So I'll put a link absolutely. to the website and also to your book. I never asked you about your book. How, um, can you just tell us very quickly where, how the book came about? The book is my memoirs from the first two years of opening up. So if anyone is interesting, interested in what that might be like, uh, perhaps a little bit of humor mixed with a little bit of, oh, wow. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's me walking through those first two years going from a complete skeptic to completely open. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to get that book. <laughs> Definitely. So I will also put a link um, here for people who are listening. Bo, thank you so much for your time and to explain uh, for explaining everything that you do. Um, I definitely feel that there is a place, you know, in your community for everybody. And I meant to call you back because we did say women earlier, but it's not just for women. You know, we <laughs> I'm sure you welcome men too, because there are an awful lot of men who um, have the connection. I have to say that, you know, we're married now. But when I first met um, the guy that became a husband, like he was a complete non-believer you know he thought this was all wishy-washy stuff uh, but now he's such a firm believer because it's only experience <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're male or female it's only experience you know when you experience something like that one time that Bo spoke about that's all it takes to change somebody's mm -hmm. perspective I won't say change your mind but it'll change your perspective and um you know, Bo is also a working medium and she will say the same thing. We can't prove anything, but we sure as hell can provide a lot of evidence of the spirit world. And that's the best that you can hope for. Bo, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been great to have you. And I hope that a lot of people that are listening find uh, their home on in your community also. So until the next time, guys, thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. Discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit world.